G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Christmas. Christmas. I guess a Christmas without Christ is just a mess. Of course, so many people have a Christless Christmas. My first 35 were just that. And somehow, despite all the presents and the hoopla, they were hollow, empty. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me as today we take a look at Christmas from a different perspective. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever you happen to be dealing with in your life, just at the moment. Christmas is something of a juggernaut, don't you think? It comes hurtling towards us in all its commercial glory, through the tube and the newspaper and the decorations and all that stuff. It just hurtles towards us at about this time each year. My first 35 Christmases on this planet were, I guess you'd call them, a Christless Christmas. Ever thought about that word atheist? The A means no, and the theist bit is the Greek word theo, which means God. It's kind of like amoral means you don't have any morals. Atheist means you don't have a God, or you don't believe in a God. And so when you have a Christless Christmas or or an atheist Christmas, then you have a Christmas without God, a Christmas without Christ. Now, some people might think that's a bit weird, but I was reading an atheist's blog recently and he was explaining why he didn't have a problem with this. This atheist in his blog puts forward this argument, and I quote, My response was, I don't see Christmas as being a Christian celebration. It's a secular festival built on a Christian adaption of pagan traditions, and there is little distinctively Christian about it. I feel no problems about joining in public and family celebrations of secular humanist values. Peace, goodwill to all men is not a monopoly Christian sentiment. In fact, they're not very good at it. And he goes on to say, nothing in any of the Gospels fixes the date of Jesus' birth. The early church simply did what it was very good at doing, stealing and neutralising the traditions of other religions and cults. There were festivals and celebrations at that time of the winter solstice long before there was a Christian church, for a couple of centuries at least before Jesus may have lived. The early Roman church simply commandeered all the shrines and the festivals to itself. Places where pagan goddesses gave oracles became shrines of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Temples to Mithra and Apollo became churches. Worship and festivals continued as before, only the names and a little of the theology changed. What happened in the Greek and Latin worlds also happened in the Celtic and Germanic and Nordic lands. All gods had their myths and festivals stolen and dressed up as Christian festivals. Celtic heroes became rewritten as Christian saints. For the most part, the people as a whole didn't seem to mind too much. There were still bonfires and feasts and gift-giving and excuses to get drunk. The change from pagan to Christian simply meant business as usual. Slightly fewer orgies, but just as much tax and as many idle priests as ever. Many old traditions and superstitions lived on and were Christianised. 
the people were still as irrational and superstitious as ever. The Christmas that we celebrate today is a mix of old pagan traditions such as evergreen decorations and feasting coupled with an often neglected Christian gloss and overlaid with more modern secular humanist and consumerist traditions. If you just tuned in, I'm reading not things that, that I believe, I'm reading from a person who's an atheist in his blog and he's talking about Christmas. And to some extent, you know, historically, what he says is accurate, although he does put his own spit on it. Christmas in December, well, in the Northern Hemisphere winter, it was unlikely that the shepherds were out watching their flocks by night. Normally in winter, they took the flocks into the village and they put them into a sheepfold and, and kept them there. And yes, the whole December Christmas thing with Christmas trees and Santa Clauses and candy canes and feasting and presents and all the things that you and I might associate with Christmas has evolved down through the centuries. And in fact, the Christmas celebration that we have today really only took hold in the 19th century, historically very recently. As I said, the first 35 of my Christmases I spent as an atheist without God, a Christless Christmas. When I was a kid, the whole excitement of Christmas was about presents. I mean, it is for a little kid, isn't it? But gradually you grow up and that wears off. Then the only real interest I had in Christmas were the fact that living in the Southern Hemisphere, it was summer holidays. A few weeks off, a break from the, the routine and the humdrum and the mayhem of life. And then, then as time wore on, Christmas completely lost its meaning. Any meaning that it had. You know, it's, it's nice to have rituals. And when we were a kid, we used to have a real fir tree as the Christmas tree. And I, I loved the smell of that and the smell of baking, the things my mother used to bake. And it was all great. But at the end of the day... There's no meaning in that. There's no depth to that. And so as time wore on, Christmas just lost any meaning it ever had for me. And Christmas without the Christ was just a mess. And that's where the, the term Christmas comes from. The Roman Catholic Church decided to have a mass every year to celebrate the birth of Christ. And so the two words were put together, Christ Mass, becomes Christmas. And as it wore on, all that time it became emptier and emptier and emptier for me. You know something? It should have been fuller and fuller and fuller. I was building a business. I was doing well. I had a big house and a big car and all the trappings of success. Holidays. I could afford to go to restaurants. All that stuff. But the more I kept to fill myself, the emptier and emptier and emptier Christmas became. It's a paradox of life. The more we try to fill ourselves, the emptier we feel. And so I'd be happy to subscribe to the atheist version of Christmas if it didn't leave me feeling so empty. Sure, bloated full of turkey and food and stuff, but empty in the spirit. And for me, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die isn't much of a philosophy to live by. Then, then one day I met Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds corny, but that's what happened in my life. That's my story. In the midst of, of my mess and, and my godlessness and my Christlessness, all the stuff I did in my life, he stepped in and he became real. Not through a church, not through a bunch of rules, not through a religion. Somewhere deep inside me, he just spoke to me and I knew. Somehow he chose the time and, and the place and the hour and the circumstances to shine his light into my heart. And ever since that time, he's been real. See, Jesus was born 
2,000 years ago. We don't know what day of the year, but he came into this world. And all the traditions and stuff that we wrap into Christmas doesn't make that any different. He just was born, the Son of God. And when I met him, my whole view of Christmas was transformed because now I experienced a relationship with God. Now I knew God. And from the baby manger pantomime thing, he changed in my heart to a real saviour. Now we still have the family celebration and the presents and stuff, and I love doing that with my family, but I'm not empty anymore. I don't feel lost anymore, not hungering after that elusive something anymore. I peek into that stable and, and that baby in a manger with wonder and awe and anticipation. It's as though finally, finally, I'm complete. I'm satisfied. I'm safe. I have peace. I just wanted to share that story with you. I actually don't care which day of the year we celebrate Christmas. No one day is any holier than any other day for me. What I do know is that God sent his son for me, for me and for you. He became a man. He walked a mile or two in our shoes. He suffered and he died for you and me. Christmas is a wonderful, a wondrous time. Christmas. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.